Welcome to the Developer Podcast with your host and fellow developer, John Paul Hayes. Welcome to episode five of the Developer Podcast. Today, I'd like to welcome George Hartley of SmarterMail.com to the show. Welcome, George. Yeah, no problem, JP. Thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, I, I'm George. I'm co-founder and co-CEO of SmarterMail. And um, we're, we're an app for, uh, for e-commerce stores to send better email. Um, we started SmarterMail uh, maybe two years ago and um, had a beta running and then released it properly um, as a full, fully-fledged app last year. And yeah, been, been going well since then. Oh, great. Um, and what made you choose Shopify for the, uh, the app? Um, we, we love Shopify. Um, it, it was funny. So, so we were running our beta, um, yeah, one, two years ago on it um, when it was a much smaller platform. And the, the support they give you and also the support of the community using Shopify is, uh, yeah, it's really incredible. So I'm from an e-commerce background. I've run WooCommerce stores and, and other types of e-commerce stores. And um, yeah, Shopify is just the sort of the help you can get um, really stands out. So, so, so we're big fans. Ah, good stuff. Um, and how do, how does it compare to the likes of say Magento and WooCommerce? Is you know, I, I know with Magento you're kind of left to your own unless you get some sort of support from a, a professional company for it. Um, is that your experience? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I I had a tiny bit of Magento experience many years ago, um, and it it just Shopify feels modern compared to to a lot of its competitors. Um, we I, I like WooCommerce. We we ran we ran a, an e-commerce store on that for many years, and I liked that it was uh, completely flexible. But that said, you know we had all sorts of issues. You know we got hacked or. And some uh, some of the apps we were using kind of broke, and oh, you know, it was, it was, you know, daily daily issues. You'd wake up and and you'd you'd look at what what's up today, you know. Whereas Shopify is just the opposite; they, they just constantly improve. So it was, you know, we always found it a little bit more limited in scope and flexibility, uh, at least a few years ago. Um, but it made up for it in just support stability and, and just that, that will to improve quickly. So, and that said, it, it's, it's, the flexibility has gotten much better as well. Yeah, it's fantastic. And it's really grown as a platform. Um, it certainly is very impressive in comparison to, you know, having to manage what version of PHP you're running and stuff like that, which is never nice, you know. Um, I, I certainly feel that with Shopify, you can actually be a merchant as opposed to, you know, a system administrator and a programmer and all that sort of crack. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, do you develop yourself? No, um, I, I am from a computer science background and, and I used to do um, some sort of native app development um, on, on uh, mobile, but um I was a horrible web developer back then, and that was years ago. So, I um, I, no, I don't call myself a developer. Um, we we have, um, uh, I guess a, a tech lead who is a very experienced developer who's been working with us for um, four years, and he has helped us fill out a team 
of developers um, who, we're, and we're, we're a spread out team, so we're remote. Um, he's in Lithuania, and he has helped us sort of grow uh, a couple of developers in Europe, and we have a handful in Brazil as well. Oh, and look. we kind of spread out around the world. And any in Melbourne? Um, no, so we've got two of us in Melbourne, myself and Josh, who, who does our marketing. And my co-founder, Philip, is in Adelaide, which is uh, half an hour behind. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and the rest of us are sort oh, of spread wow. around the world. That really is fully remote. Um, yeah. And, and what, what, do you know what language um, the guy is developing? Yeah, so it's Rails. So we run a Rails stack um, and our backend sits on top of um, sort of AWS and we, we, we built Smarter Mail to be um, purely for e-commerce and to solve a bunch of the e-commerce problems that um, need to be solved with email. So, so we don't do, you know, we don't do stuff for, you know, blogs or, or, um, or you know, anything that's not e-commerce, we kind of ignore. Um, but what that's meant is we've, we've been able to really focus on building out um, a recommendation engine. So, so we use, uh, we build our recommendations on top of an open source sort of uh, recommendation engine called prediction.io. And uh, we integrate that into our back end as well. Fantastic. Um, so tell us a bit more about your app. Apart from that it uses recommendation, what problem does it solve or what problems does it solve? Yeah, so so we've kind of got this laser focus on better usability uh, for e-commerce. So, um, you know, email email is an, an, an old tool, you know, it's, it's been around since the 60s, it's, you know, people think it's had, had its heyday already, but it's it's still such an important channel to speak to your customers. And most of the incumbent sort of email tools or apps out there really don't treat your customers with with respect. You know, they don't, you know, they, they don't let you email your customers the right content, the stuff that they're interested in individually. Mm. You know, and the rest of the rest of marketing and e-commerce has really moved a long way forward, you know, across social, um, across you know, mobile, a lot of different facets. You can really speak to people with stuff that, you know, is, is tailored to what they're interested in based on what they've done on your site. And so our whole ethos has been to, to build tools to let um, e-commerce stores send one-to-one -one email and really treat their customers as, as individuals. So that's kind of, that's, that's our mission. And, and so we build a bunch of tools that let stores easily do that. Yeah, and I think email is still really, really effective as a communication tool, even more so than social. Um, I've seen a few stats that the conversion rates between email and, say, I don't know, Twitter or Facebook, um, that there's percentage difference in the hundreds um, of conversions uh, when it comes to conversion rates. So, yeah, it, it, it's, I think it's, it, it's not going to go away anytime soon. Um, but you probably know from experience yourself, your, your inbox is full most of the day. It's, it, it's rare when you get it to zero. So that's a testament to uh, the prol uh, proliferation of email. And, uh, yeah. So it, it, just to dig a little bit more into the development of the app. So is there any key feature that you think um, people should have in one way, shape or form, preferably through your app, um, that would be key to their e-commerce success? 
Yeah, so, you, you know, we we just try to encourage people to, to um, start sending personalised email if they can. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to be through us. Um, you know, we, we've built features that hopefully people can do that easily with, but, you know, it's... Instead of just that that newsletter mindset where you blast out, you know, a, a weekly email on a Friday morning of, of maybe an offer or something new in stock um, to everyone and kind of treat it like a shouting tool, you know, try and change that mindset a little bit to, hey, maybe we can start treating email more like a, a notification on Facebook where it really is tailored to that person because me like the rest of the western world with a, with an email inbox you know we're all getting sick of of newsletter spam that that isn't isn't relevant and i you know haven't quite bothered to unsubscribe from something yet so that you know if if, if there's one thing that i'd encourage anyone with an e-commerce store to do is, apart from obviously you know, taking email seriously and, and send email to your customers because they want to hear from you, you take that next step and, and look at a tool that, that can help you send, you know, even if it's once a month, uh, a recommendation for you email that's automatically generated or adding in product recommendations to your abandoned carts. You know, that's a great, um, a great thing Amazon came up with a few years ago, actually. And I read this great study um, about how they boosted their abandoned cart revenue by, I think it was about 30%, just by adding in, wow. you might also like, just to abandoned cart emails. You know, it's brilliant. Wow, that's that's a huge jump. <laughs> mm, yeah. It really is. Um, and, and tell us about the, the, the smarts that you've developed into the app. So there's this recommendation engine. How does this work? Yeah, um, so we take... Basically, we take a bunch of data from your store. So the beauty of Shopify is um, when when you add an app to your Shopify store, it's a seamless integration. And, and I'm, I'm sure anyone who's got a Shopify store and added a few apps, you know, it's is that it's like, you know, it's it's great. It's sort of the one click. It's easy setup. And so that that gives us uh, the product data. That gives us um, previous purchase history data from your customers and also your customer data. And the last cool thing we can do is start on-page tracking on the store. So we can combine the actual on-page data around what people are actually doing or clicking on or adding to carts and combine all that and send it all to a recommendation engine, which lets us spin up um, individual recommendations, product recommendations for customers. You know, they come to the store, they've clicked an email, so they're cookied. And so from that point on, if you want to send out, um, say, uh, uh, what's hot for you this month email, you can, you can actually do it, um, set it up and send it out automatically. Um, so that, that's, that's a cool feature. And that's sort of what we launched with um, almost two years ago as, as a flagship feature. And we've kind of built, built backwards to the normal newsletters and, and automatic flows and all those things over time. But... Yeah, that was that was where we started. Oh, that's fantastic. So you you went with the unique core feature and released that first, yeah. and then you proved the concept with it, and then added on. Yeah, afterwards. that's right. Yeah, we, we kind of added it. It's, it's almost like a separate feature. You could keep your 
running your MailChimp newsletters, but, but include this. And that's where we started and we've kind of built back to do the rest now. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that that's there's a real machine learning element to that. Um, I presume Prediction.io is a, a machine learning uh, service. Is it a, a software as a service? Yeah, that's right. Um, it is. That's exactly what it is. Um, but I think it's been bought now. <laughs> oh, uh, it's still open source apparently, but I think... I think um, Oracle bought it. Uh, don't quote me on that. <laughs> you might want to check. But um, but yeah, it's it's a machine learning API, um, and it's it's good for e-commerce. Um, you know, uh, we're not uh, data scientists, I guess, but um, we we the, the I guess the benefit of using it is it can actually improve its recommendations over time because we measure revenue per email per store. So we, it actually can kind of tweak its recommendations over time the longer you're running the app, which is cool. Oh, nice. So does do you, does your app push the say a, a store's product listing into this prediction engine, and then based on the you know the clicking around on a store and what products are viewed and put onto the cart, that it can recommend based on you know comparison of this is the product and here's what you were looking at. We think that you're going to go with this product next. Is it is that exactly it right? That's is, right. Is it yeah, kind of um, that's right. And do you take the the crowd as such? So every visitor that has visited the site, that data goes in and helps for the prediction for this one person as well. So you, you're kind of saying ten people went this route. You look to be going on that route as well. So here's here's a recommendation for you. Yeah. So so we have a, a store sort of popularity ranking. We have um, particular product popularities, and we also have person-to-person popularity rankings. So we've got three different measures. Um, and we, also, we, we need the stores, the general one, because if we haven't tracked a customer or they're new, you know, we won't have any data. We can't give them anything personal. We can give them a kind of what's hot for the, that store until we get that data. Yeah. Um, and at the moment, we, you know, obviously there's sort of privacy implications, so we don't, we treat each store as its own instance. There's no sort of cross-sharing of data. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not, not really the Facebook well. model of <laughs> yeah. using someone else's data. Exactly. And um, so this all kind of hinges on having a customer account. Is that correct? That's right. Yep. Oh, oh no, sorry. No, no, no. A store account. Customers don't need to have signed up to a store. All we need is to have cookied them. So oh, yeah. if they've opened an, an email and click through, that's enough to cookie them. There are obviously problems with, with cross-device that um, eventually we'll, we'll hope to solve, but um, yeah, it, you, people don't need to actually be signed up, they can be guests as long as, as long as they've opened an email and come through. I see, so yeah, the, the, the email contained the, the tracking link um, for that person. And so, but there's a true value of, for the person or the, the merchant who's installed the app that if they get a customer account and they can link all this together, then they can provide that hyper recommendation. That's right. And the sort of the longer it runs uh, as an app in the store, the, the, the better it gets, I guess. Oh, I see. And how many app installs do you have at present? Um, we've got 180 paying stores right nice. now. Um, we launched with a free account. so. We've got um, over three thousand sort of on on the, the the free limited tier, but we don't have that anymore. Um, you know, since we built out all the rest of the features and became a fully fledged fully fledged um, 
uh, email service provider. Um, yeah, we, we have 180 sort of paying stores and, and that's growing at about um, 20% a month at the moment. That's fantastic. Uh, and tell me how you landed on the the pricing model that for it. So this is a question that I'm asking all kind of um, developers. Uh, like, how did you land on it? You know, the, the... yeah, <laughs> it's a uh, very unscientifically. <laughs> we uh, we just had a look at a couple of competitors and uh, and came up with a number that that seemed. Um, fair, and so <laughs> we—it's one of one of the facets of the business that we need to do more work on. We, we know that, um, and it's also one of those things where if you talk to people who run, you know, SaaS businesses and whatnot, mm-hmm. we'll always say test, put more work into a test, and so yeah, we um, at the moment it's, it's it's a little unscientific, and we do need to put more work into pricing. We have three tiers at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's still a, a bit of a moving piece. Yeah, no, it's well as long as you have paying customers, that, that that's important too. So you know that kind of proves a certain amount, <laughs> um, and the fact yeah, that it's grown twenty percent right. month to month, that, that that's fantastic. Uh, and and do you have a growth strategy behind it then, or it, like? Yeah, we um we we spend a bit of time on um on growth channels and and sort of what you know, trying new channels and working out what's working. Um, We wrote a a bit of a blog post, sort of a fairly in-depth blog post, um, maybe two months ago about uh, all all the channels that we tried so far and all the ones that hadn't worked (laughs) and a couple that had. Um, So at the moment, we've narrowed it down to sort of three to five channels that, that are working. And we're um, yeah just focusing on them at the moment. Oh great! And when you initially developed the app, how how did you get the word out about it? Uh, we did very little. We put it on the app store, and um, we what else did we do? Uh, put it on Product Hunt, App Store, and I think that was about it. <laughs> it was a it was a a, a fairly fairly underwhelming launch yeah a soft launch <laughs> yeah correct yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah and then spun the wheels after that oh, great and what was the reception like in product hunt um it seemed uh underwhelming i guess yeah. <laughs> i think we're not yeah we're not um marketing gurus when it comes to product hunt and you know we we think the app's pretty cool but you know, another email app, even if it's using kind of, you know, machine learning for product recommendations, didn't didn't quite set the product hunt world on fire. Yeah. Um, but, They're a tough crowd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I do like product hunt. We just kind of had never quite cracked that top three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you had oh, other guests that um that have had big big launches that hit it out of the park? Yeah, I'd say there's some some cleverness behind that as well. If you wanted to really dig into it and leverage uh, leverage it, but you know, it, it's one of many channels. You know, uh, there's and actually I must get that link off you as well so I can put it in the show notes uh, about the breakdown of the different various channels as well. I think that'd be really helpful to the audience. Um, just getting into the technical challenges building the app. Um, were there any that you encountered that you 
you know you thought well are we ever going to get through this is this an insurmountable problem if there's anything like that that you can remember um yeah the when when we first added um when we first added on-page tracking we you know the, the amount of um it, it added you know there were two big technical challenges one when we first added on-page tracking so suddenly we're sending you know, a hundred times the amount of data collecting and sending it <laughs> from what we were doing just before, you know, when we were only looking at um, purchase history. So that was that was a challenge and that was just bottlenecks everywhere. It really exposes bottlenecks um, in, yeah. in the code. Um, the second one was um, then, yeah, the, <laughs> being able to, as soon as we started getting some bigger customers, customers with list sizes above half a million subscribers, and they press send on an email, being able to to physically send half a million emails, you know, within 15, 20 minutes, um, normally it's fine. If, if you're just sending a newsletter, you, you spin up the one newsletter and then, then you send it to your you know, third-party mailing service or your, your mail servers and say send it to half a million email addresses that's fine but with our <laughs> with our emails that have unique content in it it we're actually creating half a million different emails with different content and so being able to suddenly handle that was an incredible challenge that kind of we thought we'd handled in theory until we got our first massive customer <laughs> so yeah that was that was a, a big challenge too and uh, was it a case of this particular customer had that requirement? Were you kind of going, okay, we've we've hit a, a bit of a bottleneck here? How did you communicate that to the to the customer? Because support is key for these types of apps, I reckon. Oh yeah, I, I completely agree. So you know, when you're young, we we heard a great talk uh, earlier this year from um, the guy who founded Culture App here in Melbourne, um, which is like a really interesting startup, and the, the guy is super interesting. And um, he was just saying, you know, when, when you're a young app, you know, you're, there are going to be bugs, there are going to be issues, and what you need to do is you need to take your customers along for the ride. You need to tell them, you know, sell them what you're trying to achieve and bring them with you. And if you do that, people will happily kind of ride the bumps with you. And yeah, so that's always that's always been our uh, ethos, and, and mm -hmm. listening to sort of Didier say it really crystallised what what we've been doing, you know, with a young app, and, and that is, you know, focusing on support because there's there's nothing worse than bad support, you know, and that's we we think of support as one of our killer features, you yeah. know, where our biggest competitor is say Mailchimp, who has been around for I don't know seventeen years. They've got 30% of the internet, you know, 30% of, of companies on the internet use them, perhaps, I don't know, some massive number, you know. Yeah. And and we're just, it's, you know, this tiny startup, but what we can do is offer better support. So so we, we definitely take it very seriously. Great. And the two technical challenges that you mentioned then, the solutions, say, to the first one, so you're getting a, a ton of traffic now based on, you know, the, the telemetry coming off a website. Was that... Um, was the solution to that an architectural one or was it a, a code-based one or was it a kind of a combination of both? Um, so it was architectural. So we, we've stayed on Rails um, 
and it was yeah I, I can't really speak to how Audrey's <laughs> improved it but mm-hmm. it, it, you know a lot of late nights um, there did fix it um, and it, you know it, it's when, when you sit on you know at, uh, sort of AWS you've got in, infinitely scalable you know there's an infinitely scalable back end right um, yeah it, for us it's always been um, bottlenecks in in code and yeah re- refactoring sort of one bottleneck here to improve things and then down the line you see the next the next kind of blockage so yeah, yeah it's, it's completely just just improvements um, you know iterating and improving and finding these sort of bottlenecks yeah it's a living app as such um, and on that as well how do you manage updates to your app um, so we we are pushing to production um, almost every day, I would say, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's you know it's, it's sitting as an app on Shopify, it's it's sort of it, it, there's, there's there's no sort of there's no problems with um, yeah we we don't have any issues around. Um, you know, managing updates really is, is yeah. sort of, it's a web app. It, we just, we, we update it almost daily. It's, um, oh, great. it's fantastic because especially coming from, you know, years ago being um, in the in the iOS and Android development world, especially iOS where, where you, you need to wait, wait a week for Apple to approve something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Developing for the web is, is a breath of fresh air. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I'm involved in a few projects that have app components both Android and iOS and Android, it, it feels like a bottleneck, especially when you discover a, a critical bug or something that needs to be repaired ASAP uh, and have yeah. to wait two or three days, even with the expedited reviews. It's it's horrible. And Android's a lot better. You know, you can, within a half yeah. an hour, you can push out updates. But um, that's immediate. Only, yeah. And, and in the bad old days, a lot, of, uh, a lot of users wouldn't even update the app. So if there was some critical bug or error or problem, a lot of people are sitting on your old version of, yeah. of your iOS app, still encountering it, and yeah. you're just that, screaming. That's it, and it's uh, it's still the the those problems have not gone away. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, web app development is absolutely a breath of fresh air. You know, it's um, certainly since I've been doing this that anytime I see an update to an OS or an app or anything like that, I'm like straight away there's no doubt yeah. that you know the philosophy behind it is it's fixing something that you don't know is broken yeah <laughs> trust trust them yes <laughs> yeah, improve it somehow yeah we try not to introduce new bugs <laughs> yeah <laughs> those are called features <laughs> so in your opinion what makes uh, a shopify app successful that's a good question um I, I think really understanding, um, really understanding the the needs or, or problems of of the e-commerce stores, uh, you know, I think genuinely solving uh, a problem that that they've encountered, you know, if, if they have the main experience in, in e-commerce or or putting the time to, to speak to people. Who are running stores, or you know, even hanging out on the forums, you know, I think that's that's the, the key to it all is is to 
solving a real burning problem for e-commerce. Um, without that, is is you know is you just you're just never going to get that that critical mass. Yeah, um, and if you are an app developer and you're looking to you know develop an app on Shopify, where would you start off with your research to to find those burning problems in uh, in e-commerce? So. I always like talking to people in my network. So if 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 you you know you're about to embark on on developing a Shopify app, um, going and and spending time and even watching someone administer their store, talking to to anyone you know who who, who runs e-commerce stores, spending time with them, I think is is by is it's going to be so valuable. Um, because you just get these, these gems of, of information that kind of you can't gleam by, by reading things on the internet or, or well, you, may, you might if it's forums. But, you know, the, the actual the face-to-face or, or spending time with people who are running um, big growing e-commerce stores, yeah. I think, is, 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 is a great place to start. And have you helped out any um, merchants on Shopify in in that respect? Like, do you do, you know, setups for merchants and stuff like that? Or yeah, so we we love um, we love helping people set up their email, and you know, I've set up plenty of friends, uh, not not on Smartmail, on on competitors' products, but um, I, I love helping them set up good uh, email funnels and and just digging into what they're doing on email, what's working, like looking at what's what they're currently doing that's working and then uh, filling in some gaps, you know, on on where we've seen email really work mm-hmm. as a channel for e-commerce because, you know, we we live and breathe it every day. So what what is now kind of a bit more obvious to us because we keep seeing it, is can be kind of new even if you're running a fairly big e-commerce store and that was one of the insights we got when we started building no to 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 to, um spare us to start building we've got some other auto auto um auto follow-up features and a few other sort of features that are sitting there now it's that um what what we consider kind of a a best practice or you know the 80 20 that you know just this 20% is going to get you a big 80% uplift. We, we kind of know that implicitly now because we've seen it for years. Mm-hmm. But um, you, an e-commerce store may not necessarily know it and or it might be a lot of work for them to kind of find it out. So mm-hmm. we've kind of been trying to build a whole new set of tools that sit there with draft content that you can kind of go, yes, 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 turn these on. Great, this, this will give me a big uplift. And they don't actually need to go as deep if they don't want to. So. Yeah. But they so, yeah. know if they, anyway, they can if 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 they're finding success with say the top twenty percent of the features, they know they can kind of drive a little bit more by digging deep into it. Well, that's right. Yeah, you can you can go and customize or add your own flows or whatever. But you know, if 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 I was you know if I was speaking to a new friend who's who's just set up an e-commerce store and said, what what should I set up right now? You know. These are the three types of emails I would say turn on right now and do, yeah, you know, yeah. that, and that's what we kind of been trying to build in as draft for, for our app. Cool, cool. Um, so 
what single piece of advice would you give for uh, new app developers coming onto Shopify? Um, I think I'll just circle back to what I was saying before. Yeah, just go and chat with some e um, people running e-commerce stores. Find anyone in, in your network or locally. Go to a Shopify meetup and yeah, spend, spend a little bit of time face-to-face -face first um, because, uh, you know, I think that, you know, it's pretty valuable down the track. Yeah. Cool. So networking is key. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a recurring theme now. It's, you know, don't, don't do a, a file new on a project, you know, go out and do a bit of research first and see if the problem is real and, uh, you know, validate or invalidate a hunch um stuff like that so yeah it's absolutely key i'd agree um so we're just coming up on uh, the time out for this so whereabouts can people find you on the internet do you have a twitter handle a facebook page or anything like that yeah um so they can obviously uh find me at our website um my, my personal twitter handle is gt hartley um and yeah, we've uh, we've got a Facebook page too. <laughs> it's just Facebook slash Smartmail. Great. Okay, um, I'll be sure to put those in the in the show notes. Um, so I want to thank you very much, George, for coming on to the show. Um, it's been very insightful. Uh, we'd love to have you on in the future as well. We, you know, we might dig a little bit deeper into email uh, strategies and apps that can uh, solve that problem. It'd be fantastic to have you on. Awesome. Yeah, and th thanks for for having me on. It's uh, I, I always love chatting Shopify, e-commerce and email with anyone. So it's been great. Great. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to the Developer Podcast. For more developer stories and insights, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.